The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, October 12th, if you're listening to the podcast. Tuesday, October 11th, if you're watching the podcast on YouTube, youtube.com slash Big Six. We're live, like, basically every day at 1 o'clock. Varies. Times may vary. Times, experience, <laughs> punctuality may vary. Um, joining me to do talk some betting trends and apparently guess historical dates surrounding... Breach's wedding date, John Breach and Tyler Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully. What's up, fellas? What's going on? You want me to tell everybody? Okay. Uh, I'm just going to say, Brinson, I gave out. Hold on. Hold on. I can't tell if anybody. I can't see the chat because my mouse is dead. I remember I told you this, Breach, and you said allegedly my mouse is dead. I don't think it's dead. I'm trying not to. Are you killing mice for a living now? Is that part of the. Put that on the historical dates of things that happen. <laughs> Yeah, um, Brinson lost his marbles and started killing mice. So <laughs> it's entirely, entirely possible. Well, week six, explore early for it. Maybe week nine. Sure. Um, let's see. Uh, you okay? I'm trying to figure out how to best phrase this for podcast purposes. If you so, like people should probably know because we we were all. I mean, well, gosh, I guess you, I guess you got married like what seven years ago, eight years ago. Well, so five years. Ago? I'll just make this quick. Tyler Sullivan. Who is obviously on the podcast is getting mar- married in February 2024. I'm about to say that, right? Okay. Sure, yeah. to give look like, don't mention that. I was thinking so, because you're like Tyler Sullivan. Because I called him Tyler. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Tyler Sullivan. Always get married. Right. Always get married in February 2024. Everybody knows it's a very formal announcement. Exactly. Just announced it on the podcast. Breaking news. Uh, so then we were talking about wedding dates. And I said, can you guys guess mine if I give you two historical events that happened on the wedding date? And number one of them was uh, the Titanic sank or it hit the iceberg. I think it sank the day. And then Abraham Lincoln got shot. So not two great historical events. They couldn't even get the month. They couldn't even get the month. They didn't know what month Lincoln got shot. They didn't know what month Titanic sank. I was okay. I got the year, though. I felt pretty good that I got the year. 
Dolly yeah. did get the year of Titanic. That was that might guessed, have been he guessed, he guessed a different date in April, and you said, "Dad, that's a different historical event." <laughs> that was April twentieth, which is definitely yeah. a, which a is much quite, different. Well, what, what did you say, Ellis? When he said April twentieth, uh, I believe. You have to find something quick. <laughs> There's a lot of not good things that have happened on April 20th. Uh, uh, so anyway, the answer was April 14th. Okay. So you were, okay. It, it, boy, that so was let crazy. me be the first to say happy anniversary ahead of time. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Happy anniversary. I'm glad that you, cel- I'm glad you celebrate the Titanic sinking and one of our great presidents dying. You se- You actively celebrate that day. That's true. You are, you you do you celebrate. actively celebrate and like you you buy your you're like hey hey honey here's some flowers. Uh, you know, Titanic sink. My brother's birthday is on nine eleven, so it's not a great uh, rough with the holidays around our wow, family. The, breach, the breaches just love to it's bad luck. It's bad luck. I don't want to tell anyone else's birthdays. Well, well, don't go to the theater or take a cruise for your anniversary. I would say. I want to see what happened on my birthday. Let's, uh, all right, uh, Sully, won't you, um, have you, the podcast has been completely sidetracked because everyone wants to know what happened on her birthday or, well, I didn't even want to bring up the whole reason why we started talking about weddings was because of play, you know, songs to play and not play at the wedding. <laughs> oh, well, that's that, what, that, what are you, where are you, uh, where are you out of that one? Uh, well, we were talking about the song get low. And then we, I was saying that that was a discussion. We're playing it. Uh, on my birthday, windows 98 was released. Oh, that's fun. Oh, wow. That's exciting. I'm going to call Cam you Will, window, Will windows Brinton from now on. To the windows, to the. Uh, oh, that was a uh, great segue. But nothing good has happened since. No, nothing significant. My birthday's got fairly minimal significance. Um, although, fifty nations signed the United Nations Charter. That's a pretty big one. The first I mean, Motel Six opened in, in the United States. Okay, that's a big one. Yeah. You should celebrate that. Get a Motel Six cake. Oh, it's uh, six, so it makes sense, you know. Get the cake. I thought there was something big as it related to the World War II. Maybe not. <laughs> People uh, are thinking that we've turned in like a History Channel podcast. Sully, what's your birthday? Uh, May 11th. I'm trying to see. There was assassination of a British prime minister breach. So, all right. Okay, all right. Oh. So it's got me beat. 1997, IBM's deep blue computer defeated Gary Kasparov in chess. Big moment for the, our robot overlords taking over the... Uh, that will be the day we point to. An F5 tornado was in uh, when humanity days. falls. My birthday is on December 31st. And nothing <laughs> ever happens on December 31st. My birthday is on December 25th. I can't hold on. Hold on. Thomas Edison gave the first demonstration of his newly developed lamp in 1987. So there's that. That's a great one to have. Breach 1972. U.S. performed their first nuclear test in Nevada. Come on now. I got a good one. I got that's a good one. I got the horrible thing going. Is that um is that for your birthday? That was May 11th, yeah. Is it the first or just a nuclear test? All right. Well, they practiced the nuke that day. That was exciting. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, never mind. mind. I was was, (laughs) the 24-24 thing can be confused. It's very Um, it's it just looks cool. Who's the most famous person? Uh, this is a Dom in the chat says I had the same birthday as Richard Gere, Caligula, and Von Hayes. Former Phillies first baseman. I was born a different year, but same day that Princess Diana was killed. That's a big one. Uh, who do you guys? Do you guys have anybody famous that you that share that you share a birthday with? Uh, Cam Newton. Oh, me, me and my guy. Oh, that's a good one. Patriots legend Cam Newton. Derek Jeter here. Ooh, 
Um, Michael Vick. I will admit that I am not the most attractive person with my birthday. I share a birthday with Liam Hemsworth, uh, the guy who played McDreamy on Grey's Anatomy and Orlando Bloom. Yeah, you're like, you're at minimum the fourth most attractive person in history. Chad Pennington, also June 26th. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. We should get him on the Uh, podcast. Mine is Val Kilmer. (laughs) I love Val Kilmer. Uh, I sat next to Chad Pennington's parents at a Bengals game once. Fun fact about Chad Pennington. He uh, once told ESPN or ABC that his favorite food was biscuits and gravy. That's delicious. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is a pretty big one for June 26th, my birthday. Uh, in, in the year 363 A.D., Roman Emperor Julian is killed during a retreat from the Sassanon Empire. General yeah. Jovian is proclaimed emperor by troops on the battlefield. I know we all remember where we were for that one. Yeah, Twitter was wild that day. <laughs> uh, St. Benedict II begins his reign as Catholic. I mean, this is not very good. Oh, my goodness. Oh, geez. This one's weird. <laughs> According to the, the Lundberg manuscript, a piper leads 130 children of Hamelin away. Yeah. Princeton, you've gone way too deep in this rabbit hole. I shouldn't have started this. This is your fault. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to put my hand up on this. I think it's my fault. I was the one who dragged us into this. From wedding songs, so what's the most disastrous thing that's ever happened on your birthday? I mean, you can like kind of get kind of get away from you, too. But like, um, where, you, where you're like, oh, right. Oh, this is a good one. On my birthday, 1916. The Cleveland, now Guardians. Experiment with numbers on jerseys in a game against the Chicago White Sox. The first time MLB players identified by numbers corresponding to those on the scorecard. That was in 1975. What a moment. It's 1916. All right. Anyway. Um, I've mentioned this before. Fun fact, though. The Bengals 31-year playoff losing streak started on my birthday in 1991. January 1991. Mm. That's a good one. I'm looking at a much better website to find this, by the way. The last website was terrible in terms of like stuff. This has like something for every year. I'm not going to. Hope you guys don't use your birthday as like your password on any of your websites because now we're just giving our birthdays out, Uh, or or just like questions. Like it's like, oh, when is your anniversary? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) all our security questions. We're all getting hacked after this podcast. (laughs) Real real Uh, quick breach. What was your wife's maiden name? Just. What are the what's your the uh, final five numbers of your social security breach? Oh my goodness, they're the same as my birthday. Coincidentally, uh, Mike Sachs asked, "I just joined your live video. Did you talk about Survivor yet?" No, um, we were not talking about anything but historical dates on, uh, on our various <laughs> birthdays. We're nine minutes in. Everybody has turned off the podcast except for our history buffs out there who are like, "Oh, this is actually fascinating." What can you imagine if it was like, like it was like on um. Can you imagine, like, if you were like, if you like got to one of these things, it was like born on this date, nineteen eighty-one. Will Brinson, I'd be like, ah, I mean, like, like that's how bad the day was in eighty-one. Like, there's just nothing They're else. Really grasping at straws, so like, all right, right like, like, like CBS Sports podcast host Will Brinson was born yeah. on this date. Yeah, I mean, now, like, so for eighty-one, for me, Stripes the movie premiered. So that's like a you know that's pretty. It's actually a great movie. Um, all right. Anyway. Man, I'm just I, now. I just want to just spend my entire, just Julie, my degrees in history to carry on. <laughs> okay, now this one's really grasping at straws. My birthday in '87, losing, 
Losing 9 0 to Red Sox. Yankees score 11 and third and win 12, 11, and 10 innings. <laughs> All right. Like, now, we we're just, just, now we're just doing highlights. Yeah. Could we just skip 87? I mean, what is this, Sports Center? Come on. Um, geez. Okay. This is ridiculous. 1990, 122 degrees in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> That's what like Death Valley weather. How does anybody live in that? Yeah. Uh, okay. You guys want to talk some football trends? Sure. Ten minutes uh, in. We have, if we have to. Let's do it. Do you uh do we want to mention Survivor for Mike Stacks? Just briefly look at it since we're since we're here. I mean, why not? Week six survivor. So it it, it depends on we'll talk a little bit more about it Thursday on <laughs> Nine minutes of watching all men Google stuff. That's pretty much this podcast. Um, so, like, it depends on the size of the pool. For it, I've got one where it's like seven, me and like seven other people uh, remaining. And so, you know, we're not going to try and get cute. Like, if I was in a huge survivor pool, I would at least think about the Bears on Thursday night. I would at least think about it. I'm probably not going to do it, but I would think about it. That's how bad the commanders are, but the Bears are also bad too. Um, they finally let Fields throw a little bit. Yeah, and he looked all he looked all right. He did have a huge touchdown run too that was called back. The Packers are obviously in play one uh one o'clock, you know, game twelve local for them. They got the Jets there. The Jets are three and two, maybe a little bit uh, paper tigerish uh, of the of the Jets, but you can certainly use them. I think the 49ers are in play. Uh, they look they look you know second week on the road, but they looked really dominant against the Panthers and the Falcons should struggle in the, in a similar uh, fashion. I would not mess around with the Colts hosting the Jaguars. Ravens and the Giants feels a little flimsy between the Giants versus the Ravens. Uh, Bengals, Saints, not touching it. Rams, a clear candidate hosting the Panthers. You wish that Matt Rule was still coaching. You hate the dead cat bounce back from the Panthers after they they they, they fired their coach. But mm-hmm. also P.J. Walker against Aaron Donald and that yeah. Rams and defense. line's terrible. Right. The, the Rams' offense doesn't even need to play, and they could probably win this game 7 to nothing or 7-3. to three. I mean, obviously, I don't think you're touching Cardinals, Seahawks, Bills, Chiefs, Cowboys, Eagles, or Broncos, Chargers. Those are all uh, 4 o'clock or on game. So, man, kind of a tough week. Dolphins, Vikings, you can't really touch. So, it's, I think you're down to Bucks at Steelers. I think the Rams and the Packers are your top two choices for Survivor. And if not, you go with 49ers at Buccaneers? Falcons. You don't think they're a top choice? The Bears, it's just like minus one, man. No, Buccaneers, Tampa Bay. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, or you can go 49ers at Falcons or Bucks at Steelers, yeah. Yeah, I don't like to. I don't love doing teams on the, the Falcons. Scare me. I, I wouldn't. They're, they're five and zero against the spread. I, they're just always they creep around. They're in games. Huge fifteen and, point backdoor last week. And the 49ers are dealing with all those defensive injuries with uh, Bosa, Jimmy Ward, sure. Manuel Mosley. Just like, and they have to fly across the country. Or I think they stayed out there because they just played. Sure I don't know. They played Carolina, then Atlanta. I mean, that's yeah. Kyle, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sure they would have stayed across. The they stayed out there. Yeah, I mean that's an easy. I mean, to the Charlotte to Atlanta is a very quick flight. Um, yes, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, I don't love the I don't love the Forty ers but like your choices are. I mean, it's, I think it's either Packers, Rams, Bucks, Forty ers or if you were in a huge pool and wanted to get super freaky, Bears over Commanders. Commanders stink, man. And most survival pools, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that unless it was like you can only use each team once, right? That's that. <laughs> Unless it's, uh, unless it's an uh, April fourteenth survivor pool. Oh no, 
in which case who knows what could happen all right i mean uh, i mean we could we could go with uh, the andy dalton revenge game against cincinnati breach it's, yeah, don't take the saints yeah, I don't think I'd want to take the scenes either. Joe Burrow returning, making his glorious return to Louisiana. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a lot of storylines in that one. Who day versus who dat? A lot, a lot of storylines. It's going down. Yeah, I would not put my survivor season on Andy Dalton beating the Bengals. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying I would not. I wish, I really wish the Panthers hadn't fired Matt Rule for, for survivor purposes. Like, it, it, it would be so. I mean, that's who everyone's going to play is the Rams. I don't think the Panthers can beat the Rams. No, but I don't know that the Rams are definitely going to score twenty-one points. The, the Rams' offense does not look good, and the Panthers' defense is pretty good. Yeah, I think that they have the one of the lowest, or maybe the lowest uh, yards per play this season. The Rams' sure. offense. It's it's four point eight, tied for the worst in the NFL. Not ideal. It's actually, actually it's as crazy as it sounds. Uh, 31 and 32, Cincinnati and the Rams. Two Super Bowl teams a year ago. That's now wild. at the bottom of the league in yards per play. Really? That is wild. Wow, the, yeah. it's crazy how low the – I mean, the Rams at least get with the offensive line. I guess the Bengals offensive line, not the lead either. Buccaneers and Steelers is kind of intriguing, Breach. I, I will give you that. Very intriguing. Man, I tell you what, that, I mean, not, not. I know we haven't talked about anything other than, like, nonsense so far, but um, the 4 o'clock window <laughs> – I mean, thank goodness Bills Chiefs is on. Yeah. Because it's Panthers at Rams, Cardinals at Seahawks, and Bills at Chiefs. That is that is that sets up well for our CBS ratings. I was just gonna say, hey, <laughs> we, we we have the good one. Yeah. Fine, fine with us. Uh somebody threw out what about the Pats? Eh, Belichick against at the Browns. And this is I just don't trust the I don't trust the uh I don't trust the Pats enough to I wouldn't take the Patriots in that one. I'd take the Browns. Survivor wise, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I just wouldn't pick it. I, I, yeah. I can't play the one of those teams. Like Belichick revenge game against it, the only team that's ever fired him. I didn't fire him. The Ravens fired him. Yeah, right. Whatever. Um, and then like a bad Browns team. Yeah, it's your and then a bad Patriots team. Like, eh. I just I don't I don't I don't see I don't foresee myself like man. This now I'm kind of torn. Breach, you, you, go Buccaneers, you go Buccaneers over uh, Rams. Buccaneers over yes, just the only the only thing that would frighten me about the Rams game is that you just said it, man. The Panthers get that we just fired our coach. It's that one game spark that you get from the interim head coach. Uh, plus, you have Steve Wilkes taking over the defensive play calling. He clearly did not like what they were doing on defense he earlier. Loves the blitz. Loves yes. the blitz. And Stafford does not handle the blitz well. He's I mean, lost. Stafford's great. He's lost. Uh, he's been getting hit a lot, and they've lost every game this season where he's been sacked multiple times. Yeah, I, I want to say though that like I want to say that Stafford's. It's not. I don't. I don't know if it's like the blitz that's getting him sacked. I feel like it's just like just pass rush is getting him sacked because like the because the yeah. three games they lost to the Bills, the we, the Bills, the Cowboys, and the 49ers. The question is: do, Is the Panthers' defensive front up to the same? level as those three defensive fronts it's not that far off i was gonna say it's not it sounds like it you would say that it's completely off but it's it's not really i mean i think that they could still it's be able the, to apply it's not pressure. The panthers it's not the panthers defense that is killing them and there are three losses stafford has been sacked 19 times in the two wins he has been sacked twice 
Yeah, that checks out. So the 49ers, number one, uh, this is updated through today. God bless Football Outsiders for upgrading the, how quickly they get the DVOA up. Uh, it used to be like Thursday. Um, San Francisco, the number one team by total DVOA on defense. Buffalo, the number two team by total DVOA. Dallas, the number six team by total defensive DVOA. Carolina, 17. So, I, and I don't know if that's like, I mean, like in theory, that strips away all the stuff that, you know, all the garbage, you know, information and, and gives you like a, a, like a legitimate, like, you know, important, how they perform in, on important yards. So, oh, Mike Stack says he's in the circus survivor. I'm also the circus survivor. It's down to 718 and the winner gets six, $6 million. Wait, you guys are both still left? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in a. I'm in a. I'm, a, I'm in a group. I'm left in a group with it, but I would be fine winning it with this group. Like it would be. I was gonna say if two of I'll, you were seven, I'll, eight, I'll, I'll buy drinks at Sully's bachelor party. I love you it. You could pick teams on opposite sides and guarantee that one of you survives the week. No, I, I have a. I'm teamed up with like. Oh, I should have signed up for the circus. Like ten people. How, how does that decision making process go? Just votes. Yeah, everybody votes, and then yeah. it, and then it's like most points. Um, yeah, uh, my buddy, uh, my buddy Newman was in the sur- uh, survivor too, circus survivor and had, uh, he had, uh, Colts, I think last week, Colts, Colts lose. No, they won't. No, no. Two weeks ago. Maybe he, he lost two weeks ago. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The Jaguars, it was like, so it was like 450 people were on the Jags. Uh, the Jags lost to the Houston eight straight times. I just can't believe. I had the Jags in a separate survivor pool where it was down to like 210 people. I mean, it was, I got, like it was like a chance to use the Jaguars at home, coming off a loss. You feel like they're going to bounce back, maybe? I, I don't know what to say. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I would say. What? I said, I don't know what to say. Well, I mean, you have to take you have to take it. Like, the theory is you have to take a chance. Oh, Mike Sachs has two left in the Survivor. Good Lord. Man. Wait, if you are trying to use one with no Rams and Bengals for the extra million dollars. Oh, if you don't use the two Super Bowl teams from before, you get an extra million? Ooh. That's a great rule. I I mean, I'd be willing to use the Rams to sneak if I had to to advance. Also, this is the year to do it because those teams haven't been good. They're both two and three. You don't even – they're too risky. They could lose any week. Remember, as we talked about, uh, speaking of trends, which we're going to get to in a few minutes, (laughs) um, uh, this is only the third time in NFL history where the – uh, the two teams who were on, who were in the Super Bowl the year before, were under 500 through five weeks of the season. Yes, uh, it happened. Super Bowl 22, Washington and Denver, and then the following season, both had a losing record through five weeks, which is funny because the following season the Bengals made the Super Bowl, and then Super Bowl 33, Denver and Atlanta both had a losing season record through five weeks, which is funny because the following season, the Rams made the Super Bowl, and now the Rams and the Bengals are the two teams uh, who are in this situation. Indeed. Fun, fun um, all right, well, Mike, good luck to you. I hope you, um, I hope you don't win, but only because I won. Or I Mike, hope I hope you win, and then we'll meet up in like uh, Montenegro for drinks. Man, that would be a tough scene if... Um... Gotta just sit here and like. I mean, I'd be I'd be pumped for Mike winning six million dollars. Uh, I think I'd have to start his own podcast. Like, I think my cut would be like it's like five hundred k. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, whatever the cut would be, it'd be I'd be fine with it. But like, I wouldn't be getting a full six million dollars. Yeah, getting the full six is a it's a good time. Yeah, would six million dollars be enough? I mean, would you? I don't think six million dollars is enough to quit your job. 
Uh, are you kidding me? I think it might be. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so are you kidding? I'm I, I think it depends how many kids you have. If you are, uh, if you have like seven well, I, kids, I to probably not this job. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I mean, would you would you quit your job? I mean, because I would show really. up every day. I'd wear a money suit on the podcast. <laughs> it would just be made of hundred dollar bills. I was gonna make a joke like if if I if I won six hundred dollars, I would just, I wouldn't show up on time. I would like do I, <laughs> I'd basically just do my job as I do now anyway. So I'm <laughs> um, the, no, no, I, I lie, I'm getting cooked. I don't think. So. I mean, I think. I mean, it's it's, it's obviously enough where you like. You could you could be like f you I'm out. I just think you could. It would behoove you to continue to work, perhaps. Yeah, and I mean, you're, you're about to get married, Sully. You win six million dollars. You think that you're, you you? I win six million dollars. I'm not getting married. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to cut that and send it to Sully's fiance. <laughs> Listen, babe. <laughs> Circumstances have changed. I'm now, I'm now a millionaire. So I've just got to see what's out there for the millionaires. Like, <laughs> just got to see what's going on. That's savage. Like, listen. <laughs> and I love you, but. But. <laughs> I was thinking we should write our own vows. I was actually thinking we wouldn't get married. Yeah, you know, I just got I came in some money. Uh. I mean, I had, uh, all right, let's move on before we get all of us in trouble. Before Billy just right, shuts right, off the podcast. Let's, let's, let's take a break and we come back. We will actually discuss some of the betting trends from week six. Next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I, I don't I, I don't care what anybody says. Like that was an entertaining first half of the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know what happened. Um, but I liked it. Went off the rails. Well, these podcast goes off the rails all the time. Um, that's really it's it, off the rails should have been the name of this podcast, honestly. Oh, Stu Brumhill says he'd sponsor the pod. I, I might do that too. <laughs> if I won six million dollars, I'd be, I'd be like, Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. I'm Will Brinson, I'm your host. I'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, me. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I can't get over this. So, Bills at Chiefs, huge game on CBS at four o'clock. 
Give me some trends, Sully, for uh, for this game. Or give Breach some trends. So I got to get uh, fill up my afternoon cup of coffee. Well, last I checked, and I know Caesars was down, uh, so I couldn't check what the actual um, odds were at this point. But I remember seeing that the Bills were favored, and Patrick Mahomes, as an underdog, 7-0-1 against the spread. It's actually been, you know, believe it or not, Patrick Mahomes, very good in, in spots when he's considered an underdog. And, and really, he's kind of, own this matchup between him and Josh Allen going head to head. I believe he's three and one, just a, you know, averaging 300 passing yards per game, a passing passer rating of 108.1. And Allen's played well. It's not like he he hasn't. I mean, he has a passer rating of 105.1, and he's betting favorite to win the MVP right now. We just saw what he did last week, but I love also getting Patrick Mahomes as an underdog here. Just his past history has been great and that's one of those scenarios where, I don't know, do you really want to just give Patrick Mahomes more points? Proving that this is actually coffee. Oh, there you go. Chad is accusing me of not having coffee in my cup on the afternoon. Yes. I, I, by the way, uh, Mahomes catching three is at home is crazy. So it's three. Okay. Last I checked, I thought it was two. Season yeah. was down for a little bit. No, they just it's, – it's updated, which means that that game last night – excuse me, the game on Monday night, where the Raiders had a 17-point lead in the first half against the Chiefs, definitely influenced how this line moved. Because, I, I mean, er, you know, we thought, I mean, didn't we think on Sunday after Sunday evening breach that it was going to, that it was not, what, it, like one? Am I crazy? You're muted. It was two and a half when we talked on Sunday okay. night, and I thought that, I think we didn't think it would get to three because now it would, it would go the other way, if anything. But again, right. the, the Chiefs also came out slow against the Raiders, and the Bills are much better than the Raiders. Bills have more rest. Bills, you know, Josh Allen didn't have to play in the fourth quarter. <sighs> and and this is the first time the Chiefs have ever been a home underdog uh, with Patrick Mahomes as their starter. Uh, the other times it happened, they were resting their starters uh, in their season finale last year. And then when Mahomes got hurt for those two games and they had to sand out uh the, Matt Moore. Uh, yeah, it's Matt Chad Moore. Henny. Yeah, Chad Henney and Matt Moore. Yep. So that and that was against the Packers and Vikings in 2019. So that's it. Those are your three underdog games, Mahomes. Uh so this is new for him. New new territory. There's a lot of psychological stuff that goes into this game, too. Like Sean McDermott was fired by Andy Reid. People forget that. Um, back when he worked in Philadelphia, he was he replaced the, the late great Jim Johnson as defensive coordinator, um, and it was you know, McDermott wasn't doing a bad job. The defense just wasn't as good as it was under Jim Johnson. Uh, Andy Reid fired him, hired Juan Castillo, uh, his former offensive line coach, to run his defense. McDermott would end up landing with Ron Rivera, another Andy Reid protege, work his way up. You know, because, and so like, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but. I mean, I don't. I guess I don't really know. Have that many people who have fired me? I should, a lot more should have. But um, like if I'm if I'm if I'm spurned by somebody in that, like in, in like that sphere, like I'm I'm holding it like I'm holding a grudge. Yeah, especially you know? when you're in that type of com- competitive environment. Yeah, in, in the NFL, I, I think the biggest concern that I have, if you want to take the Chiefs here, is their secondary. I mean, twelve passing touchdowns, tied for the most in the NFL allowed. They have a, their secondaries allowing a passer rating of 105.5. It's just that's been their Achilles heel. And you saw that last night, too. I mean, Devontae Adams is as good as any wide receiver in the NFL. A couple of massive touchdown catches in that game. I feel like Gabe Davis or Stephon Diggs could do that same exact thing to this defense. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about this over-under? That's sort of what, I mean, 54 is so high, but 
It's I feel it's going to be a major major square play to take the over. But I mean, you there's no way you're talking me into get taking the under here. Yeah, even though even though the under is four and one with the Bills this season, I, I don't think you'd think that. But it, it is four and one. Well, and I could see Andy Reid. Like I mean, I'm just curious to see like what kind of coverages these defenses play against the respective offenses. You know, like are you going to try and aggressively get after Josh Allen? Are you going to try and contain him, prevent him from running? Um, take away the deep shot by you know by playing a, a shell on top. Like, or, you know, or are they or are the Bills going to come out and have a ton of like designed runs for Josh Allen to sort of force the the Chiefs to creep in and then go over the top with with Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs? Like that sort of chess match is really interesting from that from that perspective. And you know, it, there's a very good chance that like Andy Reid wants to come out and try and pound the ball with you know with with the run. Um, I don't you know. I don't, and you look at the over-under real quick. The last three times these teams have played, including that playoff game last year, they've combined for 78 points, 58 points, and 62 points. So, like, it's been a shootout every time. Tyler mentioned the Chiefs defense is worrisome. Uh, Patrick Mahomes always plays well against the Bills defense. Maybe adding Von Miller changes a little bit now that he'll face a little bit of pressure. But it just always feels like these two teams play a shootout. But it also feels like these games don't. It's in, it feels like it's a little bit of like a heavyweight match in the sense of you come out kind of feeling each other out, and then all of a sudden, like it's just sort of like touchdowns start going, and then you know, it's sort of like like somebody scores a long touchdown, and then somebody answers, and it's like all of a sudden it just unlocks these overs, and you see the live total never dip that far because Vegas is like has in, you know instantly like told the model, the live betting model, like. Do not allow this number to get below like forty five at any point during this game. I don't care what like what what quarter it is. These you know these teams can score so fast. And I mean, you talk about the the quarterbacks being under pressure here. You Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes do play extremely well under pressure. I think they're top two in mostly every statistical category when under pressure this season. You know, uh, where is it? Uh, touchdowns and interceptions. Allen four and zero under pressure. Mahomes seven to one. Touchdown interception ratio, both of their passer ratings well above 100. I mean, th- these guys do play well. Yes, I think the Von Miller factor will be huge. I mean, you just looked at you know that game last season, whatever, 13 seconds to go. They needed a guy like that to shut things down. But still, I, I do wonder, again, will it matter with these quarterbacks or will it just be a straight-up showdown between Allen and Mahomes? And uh, real quick, Tyler, you had mentioned at the top when Brinson was Prince, we get a drink in one of the bathroom. I couldn't tell. Oh, you're getting your coffee. Getting coffee. Yeah, but it's uh, a good suggestion for like a. I mean, like I, I just have a regular coffee maker, which is kind of a pain in the butt for afternoon coffee. Was, get a ninja. Get the double. It, it has the Keurig that can make one cup, but it also has the pot, so you can make a full pot to do uh, both. The ninja. Yeah, because I was looking at an espresso, but then like you feel a little haughty with those separate pods. <laughs> and it, it's a lot easier, but you got to buy the separate pods. Yeah, the pot. I can always see myself like in a situation where I like, I don't have an espresso pods at my house, and I'm like like dumping like like cutting open a curing pot and dumping it in like a. <laughs> that sounds like an addict. Like you're just slicing it open. I really it. like coffee. I don't know what to tell you. Princeton's coffee addiction has to be fixed. Uh, but I was gonna say real quick that you know uh, Tyler mentioned that Patrick Mahomes is seven zero and one against the spread as an underdog. That one push. Came in the craziest game ever, which was the Monday night game against Rams. the Rams. The oh, when, when football changed forever. Oh, right. Football changed forever. The Chiefs were a three-point underdog, and they lost by three. It is like every single like outlet. You know, I just remember reading like 
And now football will never be the same again as we unlock the powerful offensive masterminds that will destroy defenses for the rest of time. And it was like the Super Bowl is 13 to three. <laughs> it's like, okay, whoops. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to another game. Cowboys and Eagles. Anything? Oh, Eagles minus five at home. Sunday night football over under 42. So you got anything spicy here? Under combined with these teams this year, seven and three. Both defenses playing absolutely out of their minds. The only question for me is how Jalen Hurts is going to deal with pressure. I have it somewhere. I know the Eagles have the number one, according to PFF, the number one pass blocking grade in the NFL. The Cowboys have the number one pass rushing grade in the NFL. So something, you know, not sexy to talk about, but definitely a trenches battle between these two teams is, I think, between the Cowboys defense and the offensive line for the for the Philadelphia Eagles is really going to be the difference here. Breach? Um, you know, the interesting thing for me is that I feel like the Cowboys have had their way playing NFC East teams. I know a lot of that has to do with Dak Prescott, and he's obviously not going to be playing. But we're talking about they've won – eight straight games against divisional opponents and they're eight. No against the spread. Seriously. Um, so yes. is it carried over from Jason Garrett through Mike McCarthy? It is carried over from Dak to Cooper rush. Like it's just, it wow. just keeps going for whatever reason. It's just like uh, these coaches flop in other games. So you put them on the field against a divisional rival and they just come up with these brilliant game plans and they make their team look good. Um, and so, yeah, so the Cowboys have won and covered in eight straight games, and that includes two with Cooper Rush. With I mean, look, they beat the Giants. We know the Giants are a good team now. They won and covered that game. Obviously, they beat the Commanders this year. Um, so it's it's a pretty healthy uh, streak there. And uh, during that eight-game streak, two of the wins were over the Eagles. One by 20 points. The other one by 25, although the Eagles did rest their starters in that game. But in the 20-point game, 41-21, the Eagles did not rest their starters. Um, by the way, just sort of ran back to the Bills Chiefs really quickly in the broadcast. So the only two other games are those kind of like meh. Cardinals, Seahawks, and Panthers, Rams, both on Fox. The um, like I was just thinking, like, oh my god, can you imagine if you if you're like, oh Bills Chiefs, it was like actually you'll be watching Panthers Rams because you live in North Carolina like that. Like what a dagger! I assume that it'll be. No one o'clock game on Fox locally for people in Carolina. Is that how that works? I, I don't know exactly how they how they do it, but I would assume it's a doubleheader on CBS for sure. Yeah, because like that's like I, what I'm saying is I think the point of that is that they cleared the deck completely on CBS to make sure that no one is like they didn't want anybody being stuck watching a local game that maybe they didn't want to see instead of Bills Chiefs and complaining about it. I assume right. that's why they do that. Right. Yeah. CBS is not gonna. I mean, they're not gonna. We're not gonna move people like, off like, of this like game. Pat's Browns you know or I'm trying to see if there's a is a Easter I mean the the timing all kind of worked out you I guess you could do Bengals Saints at 4 425 but like that would that would be a dagger if you were in New Orleans and you were hoping to catch Bills Chiefs and instead got Bengals Saints yeah that wouldn't that would I would be, be happy would you yeah no you wouldn't Are you kidding me you would you would be complaining if you couldn't anyway anyway so yeah Eagles Cowboys I mean I don't think Dak is playing in this game hadn't been ruled out, I don't think, yet, as of Tuesday afternoon, but I, I don't I don't think he's playing. All right, let's move on to another game. I mean, they were uh, still talking about him not being able to grip the football. Yeah, it'd be crazy if he plays. Yeah. 
Like, you don't want him to come back and have that Russell Wilson Packer. Because, again, if he comes back and he has that game like Russell Wilson had against the Packers last year, people are like, oh, should Cooper Rush be the starter? Jets at the Packers. Got a nugget for us, Sully? Well, I just find this one to be really interesting because, I, <laughs> again, last I said, it was I, last I saw it was seven and a half with the, uh, the, the Jets getting the seven and a half there, obviously, in Green Bay. You have a team that's playing really good in New York. Five rushing touchdowns last week. I felt like you can run on this Packers defense. I saw it against with the Patriots a couple weeks ago. Saquon Barkley was able to run on this team in London last week. And, you know, this Packers team, you're coming from it from London, kind of had a, a weird loss against the Giants down the stretch. So a bunch of questionable decisions in terms of the offensive play calling. I remember one where the Packers went three and out in the second half, and they had two deep shots to Alan Lazard. It was sandwiched in between two touchdowns scored by the Jet by the Giants that allowed them to come back and win that game. I don't know if this offense is still a little clunky. I, I, I wonder if all of a sudden this good juju with the Jets allows us to get a backdoor cover here. They just have been phenomenal. 58 points in the fourth quarter New York has. That's the highest in the NFL. And Wilson himself has been playing really well in that fourth quarter. So I, I feel like there's some backdoor potential here with New York. I will give you one fun fact about Zach Wilson and the Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson has played five games against NFC teams. He is 0-5 straight up and 1-4 and against the spread. And I'll, I'll give you one more, too. As much as I'm saying I like the potential for a backdoor here with New York, Aaron Rodgers has been awesome after a loss, the last 12 games after a loss, 12 and 0 against the spread and straight up. So he's been pretty dynamite to rebound recently after a loss. Green Bay's also uh, ninth in total DVOA. They're actually 23rd in defensive DVOA. I mean, it feels like, like just anecdotally, their defense is better than that, but it, it's not. No. Um, the, uh, the Jets are 17th in DVOA, 20. I don't know how that works. 21st on offense, 21st on defense, 17th overall. I guess it's the number two special teams on DVOA. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, the Packers at home, that's a tough, like, Zach Wilson's obviously never played at Lambeau Field, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah I can imagine. Right, it should be like every four years or every eight years or something like that for the crossover. Um, I, I, I feel like I'd like the... The Packers are pretty good, but I mean, well, I think I think we just saw it was at seven. I liked it at seven and a half, kind of getting that hook for the security. Yeah, Packers two and five ATS over the last seven games overall. So I mean, you know, they've they've like let teams hang around recently. Yeah, I mean, the Packers are not a dominant team, but again, like you know, you, you just got embarrassed by the Giants on. You know, national TV. Although the, the other thing too is we saw um, last week with the who is it the Vikings and the Saints, not exactly like dialed in defenses coming back from London after a lengthy, you know, lengthy trip and time changes and all that. So that's kind of a concern too. Uh, teams coming back from London not taking a bye are four and three all time. So it doesn't really. I wonder what the against the spread record is. Uh, help you much. I don't know why I don't have that. But I do know that underdogs, which is the Giants-Ravens game, because the Giants also did not take a bye, underdogs are 0-2 uh, when they don't take a bye after London. 0-2 straight up. Oh. Let me see if I can find my hand. Oh, teams are coming off, teams not using a bye who are underdogs. 
Right. So have not won. Correct. Okay. The so week words, after like, playing in London. In other words, if you're, you're I mean, like the, the in theory, and it's a very small sample size, obviously, but very in theory, small sample. But in theory, like you're coming back from London, you're already, you know, up. You already have a difficult task ahead of you as an underdog. It's, it's. I mean, it's impossible for that not to have to some impact on your on your body and and how you're going to perform. So that's a little concerning with the Packers. Jags at Colts. Scorcher. It's like a huge game. <laughs> I was just going to say, sneaky big game. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not even kidding. Like, this is a huge game for AFC South purposes. Like, like, every W, it feels like every W that you pick up in the AFC South is, you know, the Colts are 2-2-1. Two, two, and one, The Jaguars are 2-3. and three. Are the Titans on a bye this week? Yes. Yeah. Titans and, and the Texans on a bye. And for the, and for the Jaguars, you get the you get the season sweep already. I mean, I know it's early, but this is it. What, what you're facing with the Colts this season, and if they're a factor at the tail end, you're going to have that tiebreaker in your back pocket. Obviously, they had the shutout win a few weeks ago in Jacksonville, and this Colts offense, as much as they got the win last week, still not I that impressive. I would say it got the win. I mean, the Colts got the win. The, the, <laughs> the, Colts, the, the Colts got the win. The offense, not, not so much. I mean, so. If the, if the Colts fall to 0-3 and one in the division six weeks into the season, like it's going to be really tough to overcome any sort of tiebreaker once you get down to the you know when you get down to the like you're going to have to win the division outright, and that's going to be that's tough to do from two three and one. Yeah, and and if you look at oh man, look at their last four games in the division zero and four against the spread. The Colts, Colts. And we know Jacksonville obviously has that that crazy winning streak over Indy in Jacksonville. But when you look at Indy, if you just include both sites, uh, the past 15 times these teams have played, Jacksonville is 13-1-1 against the spread. That is the past 15 games between the Colts and the Jags. 13-1-1? 13-1-1. Wow, that's pretty crazy. That is crazy. Pretty good. So whatever reason, Jacksonville, and we talked about this with the, the, the Jags-Texans game, how just for some reason, these AFC South teams are hexed by at least one other team in their division cannot beat them for whatever reason. And they're like terrible teams. <laughs> there's no reason. There's no reason there should be any kind of eight-game winning streak for either the Jaguars or the Texans. And yet. They exist. And yet <laughs> there is. Um, I guess I like the Jaguars here. Yeah, I just trust, as weird as it sounds, I trust their offense way more, even though yeah. they didn't score a touchdown last week. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence is committing a million turnovers a game, it feels like, or at least critical ones, threw one in the end zone last week. But I just like the overall ceiling for the Jaguars right now. I like that Travis Etienne starting to get a little bit more involved. I think he had 70 yards rushing last week. I think that's what it was. Um, but he's starting to kind of pick it up a little bit. I mean, I guess you could say the same thing with the Colts, with Alec Pierce, their, their number two wide receiver. He's kind of picked it up over the last three, had a big week last week, kind of bailing out Matt Ryan on a few of those. But still, I, I like the overall projection for the Jaguars, even though you do have to throw in the variable of them being a young team and they can have those stinkers like you saw last week against the Texans. But overall, I mean, they've, they've played this team extremely well. Jaguars are seventh ranked team uh, by DVOA. Do you know what the Colts are ranked? 20th, 24, eh. 32. My Ooh. God. 
And their offense is also ranked 32nd. Their defense is actually ranked 11th by DVOA. Jaguars have the seventh ranked defense by DVOA. So the under might be a really good look here, 42. You know, clearly you could get some shot plays down the field. But the other thing, like, which is it's weird too, because you would, like, I mean, the Doug Peterson over Frank Reich thing, I think is maybe maybe some legitimacy to that. Like, you, Doug Peterson knows what Frank Reich is going to do on offense and just has the better defensive ability, the better defensive players here to kind of lock down that Matt Ryan led offense. And if, if you're getting pressure with Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen without blitzing a bunch, I mean, it's just gonna be a long day for, for Ryan. Whereas yeah. the Jaguars should be able to, you know, I would think run the ball decently here. I can tell you the unders four and oh, and last in their last four meetings, nine and two in their last 11 games in Indy. I mean, sounds like fun. Unders, unders the play here. All right. And every time those unders hit Jacksonville covered all four times. But wasn't Jacksonville four and oh, or couldn't you say that every time Jacksonville covers the under hits? For the last four games. So the last four games in this meeting, and actually has been Jacksonville in the under. Yes, have both hit in all four. Just keep riding Jacksonville in the under. <laughs> Seems pretty obvious to me. Um, all right. Any other uh, any other games that you guys want to touch on before we bounce out of here? That seems good to me. I think we got a solid like 12 minutes on football here. Any other dates, historical dates you need to tell into? <laughs> What's, what's today's date? The October, October 11th? That's just for, for bleeps and giggles. Let's just see what happens. To, to go full so- circle with the podcast. October 11th historical events. It was nothing really bad. <laughs> oh, you know what? Let's just... <laughs> something just terrible. Oh. Whoa. 1987. This is a good one. A three-day hunt costing $1.6 million in 1987. That's a lot of money. Hoping to prove or disprove the legend of the Loch Ness Monster ended today with no scientific proof except three sonar blips that showed objects in the middle of a seven, the 754-deep lock. If Nessie does exist, the best guess is that it is a prehistoric reptile, a plesiosaur. Uh, uh, Billy wants to say the coaching odds fine. Um, oh, this is another good one. Theodore Roosevelt became the first, this is obviously 1910, not, not recently. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt became the first U.S. president to fly aboard an airplane with Archie Hoxie, an aviator for the Wright brothers. That is fascinating. I think that's a good one. Uh, Apollo we're, 7 we're was getting, uh, Espresso machine recommendations from the comments. Uh, uh, Breville espresso machine. They're amazing. I have one superb but easy to use and far better than pods. Okay, I will check that out. Thank you. That is actually helpful. Uh, okay, coaching odds before we get out of here. Next coach fired betting odds. I wish I'd actually bet on Matt Rule's first coach fired. Like that was, it just seemed like free money, and we didn't do it. I don't even know what the odds were. Like I don't, I don't even know if I saw. He was he like plus? Well, he's like plus two hundred. It was plus because no one was negative. Yeah, right. And I kept joking they should be minus five thousand. I will say after like two weeks, you you would have been like, oh, Hackett is going to sink this <laughs> lunker I put on Matt Rule, and then. But it was, but it was clearly rule going into the year. I mean, yeah, like a guy like Kingsbury, who's still, you know, plus 300, the second best odds to be fired right now. Cliff Kingsbury should not be three to one. Yeah. He's got a contract extension this offseason. That's what I'm saying. They're going to have to frame him for some kind of vile, heinous crime to get him out of there. Even, even Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, you know, as much as it's been horrible. I don't know if you rip the rip the bandaid off right now. I think I feel like you just give them a full season they're, and see what they're happens. Two and three. They're not firing a guy who's like, like if he wins this week, they're five hundred. 
I think the well, I, I think the interesting one again. These these odds are a, a little bit short, I guess. But Frank Reich six to one. You lose to Jacksonville, and oh. all of a sudden you're out of the division race. Jim Mercy is not a patient. Jim Mercy is like a looser, gooser version of uh, Jerry Jones these days. Like, you feel like Jim Mercy might fire somebody. I don't think Josh McDaniels is getting fired. I, th- I think Tomlin being on there, uh, we, Billy and I were talking it's about this. Billy like, mentioned this. It's, it's my job is not getting fired mid season. It's ridiculous. It does not make any sense. Um, Even Pete Carroll at 10 to 1, like, the, the Seahawks are playing well. Like, he was like getting fired mid-season. Like this, there's no way. I th- I feel like Ron Rivera is the most realistic name. I don't think Ron Rivera life. is getting fired mid-season though. Although he is getting testy with the reporters. Well, his throwing Carson Wentz under the bus, even if he tried to clarify his comments, uh, you know that's a fast way to lose your locker room. And if you get blown out or just an ugly loss on national television against the Bears. And plus, Dan Snyder's already kind of testy right now because all these congressional investigations. And maybe he's just thinking, you know what, Ron, Ron, I got to send you out the door, man. I, I think Ron, I see. I don't think Dan Snyder can make an appearance to fire somebody right now. He's not. I don't think he's allowed to. He's been told to step away from the team, and his wife is running it. Right. Well, then his, get, let his wife fire him. I don't think they're. See, the other, Ron Rivera. Yeah, that could. Be, she could prove she's actually running the team because some people don't think. I was actually reading on. I still have it up. Yes, here it is. Uh, David Aldridge, who um, I think probably best known for um, basketball coverage, but is like a general DC guy now with The Athletic, is Ron Rivera's job at risk after the commander's one and four start. This is never pleasant and it's never personal. <laughs> In other words, he knows he's going to get yelled at by Ron Rivera for writing this. But we have to talk about the coach now. Ron Rivera's record in Washington, two plus seasons in, is 15 to 23 after Sunday's back breaking 21 17 loss at FedEx to the Titans. It doesn't matter what happened in Carolina, the very good or the bad or the end. This is not about Rivera's heart or character or work ethic or leadership, all of which are first rate. He is an exemplary man who's had to fight off cancer while being the voice of reason and comfort as his players have dealt with numerous traumatic experiences off the field. Unless you didn't notice, Brian Robinson running back, running back on the field Sunday just weeks after being shot. Face of your franchise, Ron Rivera's your guy. But then he points out the Bill, famous Bill Parcells line. Here's the thing. I don't think people fully grasp that. And maybe I'm wrong. I think Ron Rivera has more influence in D.C. right now than even like Dan Snyder does. It kind of feels like he's the representative, whether it be for, you know, obviously coaching matters and gameplay matters, but also just like the figurehead running it. It's almost like he's like a team president, it feels like sometimes. Correct. Well, I mean, and, well, so Jason Wright, the team president, is not as like I mean he is he's into football obviously but he's not like you know no no, no I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you I think Ron Rivera is sort of like he's they've they've hired they, they want to they they're trying to change the the culture in DC Washington like the, I think I think the Washington football team or the Commanders whatever whatever they are is the whole organization is more worried about changing the perception of how they're viewed sort of off the field and like in terms of like what it's like working there right now than they are winning football games. And so therefore I do think that Ron Rivera is secure because he has changed. He's helped to engineer change and facilitate change inside that building. Like that to me flies under the radar and maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But you know, eventually you do have to win football games. They're one and four right now. If they don't beat the bears on Thursday, they could be one and nine by the time they go play the Texans in week 11. 
And you know how many that look that would be. And then if he lost to the Texans, I mean, eventually someone's going to put their foot down if you don't win games. And I'll I'll that is. Yeah, I'll just say this in terms of going back to Frank Reich real quickly. I'm just looking at their schedule at the Jag or against the Jaguars this week, and then at Tennessee, you go home and two in those games in the division. You you are winless through how many division games? One, two, three, four, five division games. That's 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 you, warm. That's you lose warm. those two games, and then a week later you play the Commanders, and a loser gets fired. Frank Reich versus uh, Ron Rivera. I think Frank, right. I mean, I think, and this is not like about job security. This is not about the coach. It's, this is about the owner to me where I don't know that Dan, I don't think Dan Snyder can stick. Like if you, if you fire your head coach right now, you're just draw. I mean, and maybe they're, maybe the Snyder's are dumb enough to do it. I shouldn't, I don't know why I'm discounting that they're <laughs> like, like saying like rational actors here, but um, you, they, if you fire your coach right now, you're inviting a lot more scrutiny on your franchise, which you're trying to avoid by hiding off like offshore in your yacht. Whereas with the, with the Colts, I think that the Carson Wentz experiment made Jim Mercy very mad. And he's like, okay, these guys, it was Carson Wentz's fault. These guys, these geniuses figured out how to get Matt Ryan. It's like, wait a minute, Matt Ryan stinks too. I can see him saying, all right, this is not working. I'm, and I don't know if it would be Chris Ballard and Frank Reich at the same time. Maybe, maybe Chris Ballard is, is told to, to that for, they need to move on from Frank Reich. You know, and that's yeah. and it's like it's either you or Frank. Like you, you know, I, I could just see that being a thing if they get out to a one-win season. Well, because at that point, you're. I mean, you lose the next two weeks. It's just I'm just you know, do you just go into the tank and go? Okay, listen, these veteran quarterback retreads have not worked out. Do we just? grit our teeth and go to kind of the bottom of the barrel here for a minute, or at least try to get somewhere to the bottom of the barrel and get a quarterback at the draft. Like, is that the next course of action? Yeah. And, 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 but if at the same point, like, do you, you have Matt Ryan under contract for at least one more year, I think. Yeah. I, I don't think you can get rid of him. Yeah. And, and it's like, do you, do you want Frank Wright to be the guy who develops your next quarterback? I, I just don't, I don't know where Jim Mercy is on this one. I feel like Dan Snyder wants to stay off the radar. I don't think that, I think that Jim Mercy is getting angrier and more irrational with every Colts loss because of what happened at the end of last year and, and with the Carson Wentz trade and then the Matt Ryan trade. That's you just can, my, and, and really quickly, you can, you could get rid of, of Matt Ryan. You have an $18 million dead cap hit, but he has a $35.2 million cap hit. So you can clear some space there. Yeah. So you could, yeah, you could clear it. Yeah. And they, they've always managed your cat pretty well. I, you know, the other thing you do is you just keep Matt Ryan around and you draft somebody high. Matt Ryan knowing Matt Ryan has to know that there was a chance that they draft a quarterback in the first round, particularly if they stunk this year. I mean, he's thirty-seven years old, so I mean, yeah. it's not like, and he's not aging like Tom Brady. Yep. All right, that was a meandering, delightful. It was a whirlwind, hour-long experience. Yeah. I mean, at the highlight, I'm, I'm like, I texted some friends. I was like, it's, it's like, I was like we're, we're, the guy, I'm in a different survivor pool with like, we have seven people left. And we would love to win it. Um, this is like big money entry, but not like a lot of people in there. Um, and we, I was like, I was, about, I was like, well, if you guys won $6 million, would you get married? <laughs> These guys would be like, definitely will be like, hell no. <laughs> um, 
There are two, two or three of them are singles. So. Oh, my goodness. All right. That'll do it for us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. If you got something enjoyable out of there or you figured out an espresso machine or got some survivor tips or um, you know, decided to Google your birthday history, historical dates on your birthday. For Breach, for Sully, I'm Brinson. We'll see you guys later. Bye. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.